Hello and welcome to TechBits, a podcast from Atama, transformational technology for the modern workplace. I'm James Dancer, Group Technical Director, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about technology, specifically Apple technology and its evolution and how it helps both gain and retain staff in a business, as well as adding a multitude of other benefits. Again, we're filming this one, so if you're just listening to the audio podcast, check the link in the episode description and you'll be able to watch us doing this if you're that kind of person. So that's the end of the scripted bit. Onwards, we will go through some intros and then talk about some cool stuff regarding tech. So to my left is Keith Martin, Technical Sales Manager at Tama. Hello. Um, hello, Keith. How are you doing? I'm doing great so far. Excellent. Um, and opposite him, uh, you may remember from the Gadget Show, the futurologist, technology influencer, and currently undergoing a PhD in virtual reality. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Jason Bradbury. Hello, Jason. I'm all, I'm, hello. Hello. How are you doing? You didn't ask how it was. Thank you very much. You didn't ask how I was. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, a I'm bit good. Rude, but I'm rude. good. Just good. Wanted, if, yeah. if anyone's actually sure. bothered. Good to know. Okay, I'll excellent. make a note. No, no, genuinely, I'm not like, really looking forward to this. <laughs> Jason is okay. Good. Thank you. Good. Got I'm that. glad you made a note. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. And opposite me is Julian Fern, head of sales at Atama. And also in the room, we have Ryan from our marketing team to make sure I say don't say something I'm not supposed to. Um, and we have Matt and Zach filming. So on to what we're supposed to be talking about today rather than intros. Um... Really what we're discussing is how technology has changed over the last few years and how the evolution of employees has kind of happened over the last few years as well. So maybe five or ten years ago, a computer, I'm doing this inverted commas thing um, for anybody that's watching, um, were desktop machines and they were kind of in a static place. They were on a desk, they did kind of one job and that was it. Um, But now if you look at people who are coming out of school, coming out of university, The technology that they're used to is this kind of stuff. It's like tablets, it's um, portable machines that can do more than just one task, right? So as a business, to be able to get the right people and retain the right people, you need to get them the technology they're comfortable using and they're used to using um, and make sure it keeps going sort of over, over the life of their employment. So Julian, we started off talking about jobs that didn't exist earlier, right? So... There's one that I've mentioned a few times, which is, yeah, there we go. This is an interesting one, is gaming toxicology psychologist, right? And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, that is a person who works with a game developer to make sure the mechanics of a game don't um, inspire toxicity. Um, And while that's not particularly relevant to this technology, it is a job that just didn't have a place a few years ago. So it's, um, it's interesting to think that when we were all at school at sort of different times and things. Don't you look at me. I'm looking at you. I looked at you we're last time. We're all in an age group, mate. We're all there. <laughs> yeah. Some of us look better than others, I think. Yeah, yeah you'd look at... Thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you got completely missed out of that it's one, Jason. a three-way compliment I didn't get. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. In like a, a career discussion, you, you would be thinking, oh, what do I want to be? I want to be a dentist. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a sales manager at Atama. Um, but you wouldn't necessarily <clears> think of one of these roles, and they all involve technology. So, Jason, interesting one for you. You've been in the, the tech industry for absolutely years. Um, what was your first thing, your first technical innovation over the last, say, 10, 15 years that you thought, wow, this is something really cool, but now we just take for granted. Now we think, oh, that's just a... That's well, a forget thing. 10 or 15 years. How about the Sinclair wristwatch? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that enough. my dad brought home. No Or the first ever, Britain's first ever calculator. Um, Sinclair wristwatch? Yeah. Wow. Have you not seen one of those? No. Oh, it's beautiful. It's be- <laughs> absolutely stunning. But I bought one again to reminisce because I collect retro, wow. uh, you know, 
gadgets. Mm-hmm. I was going to, I mean, I really collect retro gaming consoles, but yeah. I, I, any form of synthesizer or kind of, you know, something yeah. that maybe I wanted to own in my youth, I, I tried to get hold of. And I got one of the Sinclair watches just like the one my dad had. He used to keep it in his, um, on his bedside table. Mm-hmm. And I used to go and like put it on and pretend that it was mine. And, uh, it fell apart. I bought it off eBay. It just fell apart because it, it, it the things, the, the, you know, the production values that we are going to celebrate in, to a certain extent today mm. are, the, are the quality threshold that we now have in manufacturing and the sophistication of how things are joined and the material science that goes into them. It obviously, didn't exist in like you know yeah. ni- 1985. I'm guessing this. That this was one. when I was born. <laughs> I don't know. It was maybe younger than that because my dad, my dad was uh, used to bring all these prototypes home from the early generation of computer and consumer electronics manufacturers because uh, he ran a plastics company and so yeah so the wristwatch the digital watch the calculator the mm-hmm. first generation of home gaming consoles i mean yeah. i've got a i've got a uh, i've got a um, i almost said i've got a woody <laughs> <laughs> because i have an atari 2600 okay right. i'm not going to okay. explain what that means if you don't know what that means then you're not old enough and it's entirely appropriate that that's what you called it well, as it was well, a you know gaming console with a yeah. piece of wood on the front or yeah. Fake, yeah. fake wood, yeah. Fake wood and yeah. yeah but i mean okay i'm going to go with that okay you know the 1979 atari 2600 what i was playing with there playing effectively different versions of pong in the shape of a combat game or mm-hmm super breakout or whatever um little did i know that that was going to lead to a uh, you know a, a generation who drop into whatever battle royale game is is de rigueur at the moment yeah with multiple layers of multiplayer interactivity and goal-driven play and 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 power-ups and all the rest of it you know the modern gaming kind of ecosystem yeah that that grew from that box it's, it's extraordinary yeah. i would never have guessed that yeah so now if you then compare that to what you've got in front of you an iPad, which yes. is a multitude of times more powerful than that. Yeah. And in fact, oh my goodness. We were like talking earlier about you know what was the order of magnitude greater that the iPhone was than the the computer that landed us on the moon, and that was what a hundred thousand times. I think. Times. Uh, yeah. No, it, it is extraordinary, but it's it's also the kind of um, schizophrenic nature of the device that is is most impressive to me. So the fact okay. is, it's anything I want it to be. It's it's mm, yeah. I can create a novel on it. Yeah. I can yeah. read poetry on it. I can find out. Uh, facts about the Apollo mission and how powerful its computer was or wasn't <laughs> on it, and I can play uh, the aforementioned battle royale game yeah. that all the all the kids are into. Yeah, uh, and I can also, uh, as I did yesterday, design a um, a leaflet for my wife's nutrition event. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and then and wirelessly send it to wherever it needs to be sent and yeah. log and save all of the aforementioned things uh, with the exception of the gaming experience uh, in question in the cloud and yeah. have that all synced between my devices and then yeah. move to another device within the Apple ecosystem and have it all there in exactly the same way. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> they got that right. Why do they not get the Sinclair C5 right? That's uh, a good question. <laughs> that is... Uh, Why yeah, am I not picking my kids up? In fact, I did pick the boys. I picked my boy up in the Sinclair C5 just because I could and it'd be funny. <laughs> you still got one? Instagram. It's on my Insta. Oh, wow. it. Of course I've got one. I've got the DeLorean <laughs> from Back to the Future. Okay, uh, that, uh, let's let's talk about that afterwards. That's okay. a whole other thing. So, um, <laughs> no, but you know, and, and it's it's called a middle age crisis. You're clearly not not there. And I'm getting so, there, don't I? But no, but, but it is interesting. Like what what succeeds, what what makes it through? Yeah, uh, what, what the filter successful? and what doesn't, and a three wheeled um, electric uh, recumbent bicycle with a really <laughs> futuristic sort of Blade Runner 
bodywork. Also, yeah, a yeah. tendency to roll over as well. And a tendency <laughs> exactly. to roll over, very well put on corners, didn't make it through the filter. Yeah. But, um, you know, but the, the console or the device that we now see in front of us that has console dna yeah. did make it and it's 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 fascinating and exciting yeah we could absolutely spend ages talking about apple arcade but i won't go into that because that's oh, a really man, really just cool let me concept. at it let me <laughs> <laughs> got to relate this to business as much as we could talk about gaming so um one of the things we were all talking about earlier was this kind of app culture that um that apple have really spearheaded in the sense of relating this back to a few years ago keith we were talking about going down to the shop to buy software yeah. You remember that? Yeah, That was I a do. thing. I remember doing that. Or receiving it in the post in a disc. Even yeah. better. Or in the yeah. front of the magazine. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. the other one, yeah. yeah. That's good. And, and, and of... also, you, you get a computer game yeah. and install it on something, and that's all that would happen with that computer game. Yeah. It would never change. It was still with no downloads, no uploads, no online anything updates. at all. Updates. Updates and that yeah. kind of thing, yeah. So, yeah, I remember in, installing you know operating system software and things. would be multiple floppy disks. You'd sit there, you'd kind of... <laughs> put the disc in, you'd wait a minute, you'd do a bit of an install, put another one in, and you'd be going for absolutely ages. But now the, the sort of the general culture, and again, sort of relating back to business and the kind of people that are going into business now, they just expect stuff to be there, right? I've just got to jump back in with a uh, Battle Royale game. <laughs> go, go for it. Because, okay. now this is really interesting, okay. to, in terms of the evolution that we're looking at, right? Yeah. Um, you'll know that one of the largest um, streaming, concurrent sort of streaming spectator events this year, I'm not talking about a certain boxing match, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, was the updating yes. of of uh, of Fortnite and the you yeah, know okay. the the uh, the implosion of their of the gaming universe mm-hmm. as a uh, as a visual spectacle yeah. watched by uh, millions and millions yeah. of people. Yeah. And it happened over something like 24 hours. I'm sure people listening will correct me, but it was it was a, it was a yeah, day or a yeah. couple of days, yeah. and it was literally just a, a black hole in the screen. Black hole thing, yeah. And so what we're saying is, we're, not only have we gone from, um, I mean, I mean, I love the idea that uh, for you that floppy disks <laughs> are old. I mean, yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm old enough to have been sat there with a two page, you know, a two page. Oh, what well, was the magazine where, yeah. you'd, where you get it's something crashed. to read it out? Yeah. Was it's Crash, two pages of Crash magazine yeah. and um, very carefully copying the code by hand and then saving it on, on tape. So to go from that to the, the actual upgrade itself being a spectacle in real time, yeah. Yeah. streamed live. It's become a point. thing. Isn't that amazing? I would never have put, I mean, how could you have predicted that? Yeah, well, absolutely. You couldn't. You couldn't. It's, it's this kind of... Amazing everything's instant, everything's available kind of thing that's going on as well. And so I mentioned things like app culture because from a, a business perspective, you want stuff to be there like now, right? You want to go on your iPad, you want to go on your Mac and you want to click a button and you get the app that you want when you want it. But jump into there, we, we get in businesses where, uh, excuse me, someone goes and asks, uh, how do I resolve or, or, or solve this problem? I know jokes aside, but people go, there's an app for that. Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's the things we're seeing a lot more with our customers when we're talking to our customers about using the technology. Um, it is, it's a lot of things there we're trying to resolve or trying to improve in business. Business is, is a downloadable app that helps them move forward. A um, lot, lot of learning material. And mm-hmm. I know we mentioned games earlier, but regards to, to how many business apps there are out there, um, thousands upon thousands uh, mm-hmm. of business apps, which are, are benefiting, benefiting not just the, gen- the, gener- the, the technological generation that's here and, and growing, yeah. but sort of businesses in general. We yeah. we couldn't trade as a business if we didn't utilize 
some of the applications that we we can yeah. use from the app store and we'll talk a little bit about the um the way to deploy all of those and how that's all just nice and seamless and magic now which is again crazy in comparison to what you don't think send them in the post ago. anymore no we don't send them in the post anymore no that's uh, that's definitely changed um but even some of the stuff like jason you mentioned like handoff earlier right so mm. having an ecosystem whereby i can be doing something on my iphone and then you know like visiting a website excuse me, reading an article, doing something like that, I can pick up my iPad and pick up exactly where I left off and I can go sit at my desk, I can go to my MacBook Pro, pick up exactly where I left off again. This is this kind of thing is what these people that are watching the Fortnite reveal for like two days yeah. are expecting. They're not no, expecting and, to wait. And, and again, um, most people will, will recognize this, but I'm guessing some, some people watching or listening won't have young kids. And what you may be surprised to learn is that um, my nine-year-old, along with lots of nine-year-olds around the country, was just handed his iPad. Mm -hmm. And now everything he does goes through a school homework portal. Yeah. And he does his little PowerPoint presentation on a Sunday. Yeah. And he sends it off to his teacher. And sometimes his teacher even replies, like yeah. w w like on a weekend, with you know, in real time, within within moments. Yeah. Um, so everything is there. And so what's his expectation going to be? I mean... You know, his expectation is going to be of something that I refer to in my work as a futurologist. And yeah. just to put that in context, I, I work with various corporations and companies generally that are doing events. So they need a keynote or they need someone to, to speak on, say, AI mm -hmm. or automated cars or whatever it be. And that's, that's, that's where I, I, I uh, ply my trade as a, as a futurologist. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's very difficult to predict where his expectations going to lead him. Mm. And I suspect it might be into an area that I, I term the persistent screen. And when I talked about the persistent screen in my futurology stuff, let's say starting, say, three years ago, when I started to kind of I, to explore this idea that content w could be seamless mm -hmm. and that we there was a requirement because we were, we were being fed so much information to carry it with us in the way that, say, social media uh, platforms already do that. Let's say, for example whatever your favorite streaming service is, you know, you want to continue that experience seamlessly as you move from an, an environment where you can look at your iPad or your uh, desktop laptop computer uh, into the back of a taxi, but you need to carry on because maybe what you're watching is, I don't know, maybe it's something to do with what you're about to do at work. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a TED keynote. Maybe you need mm -hmm. to know what nuclear fusion is all about. I mean, this actually happened to me the other day. Yeah. I was doing a conference. I think it was for a big H, uh, HR organization. Wait, you needed to know what nuclear fusion was about. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I did. I'm happy to put it in context. Um, yeah, go for it. So um, obviously I talk about stuff at the bleeding edge of development. Mm -hmm. um, and you may be surprised to know that nuclear fusion is going through some really interesting changes where they've apparently, um, I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about now, <laughs> but I don't. I've got to offer TED lecture. But they, they've managed to stabilize the plasma. Okay, right. Using electromagnetism, I'm, I think, or remember, or guess. And, and that's a critical uh, point that we need to get to in order to stabilize nuclear fusion as a viable form of energy. At the moment, the, the, is it Tokamak, the, the, the machine at the center? Yes, Jason, that's right. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> oh, well done. That's God, correct. That was so convincing. Very yeah. well. They, <clears throat> such confidence. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they need to put in more energy than they can get out of it yet. But yeah. that apparently is not a problem. Uh, we're going to get there. But anyway, look, the point is, I was looking at data around this, trying to understand how it worked, looking at videos and, and various things. And, that, and I literally went through the seamless handover of content that I'm yeah. talking about because I was on the move from trains yeah. with tables into the backs of cabs and tube yeah. trains and it, car it carried on. And that, and that 
you know, that seamless transfer of the visual or, or auditory experience yeah. um, is is and really important. Like it, the user experience is, is is improved massively. I think we consume stuff differently. Yeah. Um, you look at the generation today, how they want to consume. So yeah. we go back to schooling. I know we, we, we're not talking about our education business today, but talk about schooling, how, how your son consumes um, is a lot more visual than probably when I was at school or only, only over the last few years. And but interactive it, in general as well. But also they, they, they want that um, information to hand, yeah, the, mm. the, the instant on or the, the access to, to the answers to the questions. So I think with where you're talking about that seamless technology, when when you are say on on your phone or, or to your iPad or your Mac, depending on what you're doing, but regarding is everything you do is the same way. It's not just the access of information, how you do your work, how you how you provide back to your organisation um, impact. And um, what I mean by that is that how how you do your job is, is impactful the way you want to do it mm. we yeah. we can't force or we shouldn't be forcing people to work in one way yeah. where yeah. their creativity stopped because you're forcing them that well, way th- this gets onto, onto an interesting point because uh, technology is always there around us uh, we have a good example of somebody who knows that more than us but that technology we pick up without even thinking about it if it's intuitive if it's what if it wires into the, the, the way that we want to work we'll pick it up we were talking about other technologies that have existed uh, and, and how um, Apple's ecosystem kind of came to us without me necessarily or any of us actually looking for it. For it you know, you get to a situation where um, you would be using rich context in an email for the first time, sending content an email. First did that on an iPhone, you know, and I did it in a work environment, but that was my personal iPhone that I was doing it on. So I think that it's important to understand that, that that technology will find its way into business one way or another. If you're an innovator and a disruptor or, or, or whether you are a, a structured organization, it all finds its way in there. Well, that almost goes into a thing, um, you know, we term shadow IT. I don't know if you've heard of this at all before, Jason. So shadow IT is basically where um, employees of an organization adopt a platform or a system without the IT department actually knowing that it exists or, or what it is or knowing it's been used. We so call you, it hiding it from James. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, <laughs> don't tell James. <laughs> I know more about it than you think I do. Um, so yeah, things like iPhones are a huge thing that people just start using in businesses. Like if you've got um, you know an exchange email account, you could just add it on an iPhone. It works perfectly. So people already start doing this. And the, the trick to be a successful business in technology and attract the right people and retain the right people is embracing it as opposed to, to trying to kind of keep it on the periphery. Or muffle it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and what you tend to find is if you embrace it, you get some really awesome features as well. So Keith was talking about the ecosystem earlier and how, you know, Apple makes everything seamless because they control the hardware, control the software, etc. But there's one thing I'm trying to segue into this, one feature that I really, really love that you guys have heard me all talk about. Um, there's this thing called Sidecar that's quite new. So I'm using this now, like um, from a camera perspective, you can see there's an iPad here, there is a MacBook Pro here. So I'm currently using an iPad as a wireless second display to my Mac. So, okay, there's a cable there, but that's, that's just, just to, to power it, That's right? just to make it charge, yeah. Um, so if we were a business that was like, okay, keep the Apple stuff on the periphery or make sure that um, we're limiting yeah. it and locking it down as much as possible, you're stopping people from using stuff like this, which is basically the ultimate portable working solution and employees especially nowadays oh, are, I, I heard gaming when you said that yeah Sorry, of, course you, of course you did yeah. <laughs> um and the thing that we uh i think a lot of people don't necessarily 
recognize or realize is how mobile work is now. So perfect example is my, uh, my much better half um, works for a company who has an office, but nobody ever works there. They're 100% remote worker and mobile company. There's not, they're not even a couple of them. There's about 50 of them. And they work in all different parts of the country, and they work on all different kinds of technology. The majority of it is um, IMAX because it's sort of design work, but there's also a lot of iPads and MacBook Pros and things like that. And one of the reasons they do that is a really good point from a business perspective. It's so they attract the right talent regardless of where that talent lives, which is a huge point because... Yeah. If you look from the outside in and you think, okay, I'm a business, I'm going to explain my recruitment policy to a person from another planet. Like, not that they'd be interested in recruitment specifically, but you know, it's a topic. Might have other things on their mind. Yeah, possibly, but you know, someone with no context of how this stuff works. And you go, right, I want to have the best business possible. I want the best people to work for my business. And I want to make sure that our business is unmatched in our industry, but everyone has to be within a 45 minute commute of this specific place. Yeah. Where well, my business be the cheapest. is. Or it might so be. It depends yeah. where you, yeah, yeah. how you manage your resources. It might be the cheapest, and you might need um, people that, that live 5,000 miles away to, to, uh, to be able to, you might need to in, be able to interact with them, share yeah. real time uh, uh, updates of, of projects. Yeah. Um, and and the, the only real barrier then is the, is the time zone, but the, the, the yeah. technology is no longer a barrier, is it? Yeah, exactly. Like things like FaceTime, for example, you can have um, like multi person conferences in FaceTime now. You don't need to set up an external system. You don't need to really do anything other than hit a button and call the people you want to call. Yeah. And you can yeah, have a that, video conference. That is magic when you discover that for the first time. Exactly. Across any device as well. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what device you have, provided it's an Apple device, obviously. Yeah. You can have one of those, one of those, one of you know phone that's in my pocket. Yeah. And you can be wherever you are in the world. As long as you have data, you can be connected in real time visually to someone else the other side of the planet, which is, again, going back to 10 years ago, that's pretty crazy, right? But yeah, also, no, also, you're stopping sort of this um, standard working hours, eight to five thirty, nine to five. So you're allowing people to work in their own way, but actually be more uh, productive because you're not restricting them a by a uh, device location, yeah. and then secondly, people's people's time. You know, we as a family, as as, as a family of a young a, a, a father, of a young family, you've got times that you you like to take your son to school, pick him up, or or, or see sports day, and what have you. If you are restricted to working. Within forty-five minutes of this location, nine yeah. to five thirty, you, you, you're not doing that. And the, the thing I was going to repeat to you: so this device here, this one here is, is, is company owned. This is personally owned. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's the same manufacturer. But guess what? I treat that no differently. Than I treat that because the content on there is the stuff I have content on here. Mm-hmm. But actually, my working day is not eight thirty to five o'clock. It's actually from the time I get up the time I go to bed and my impact on that. So just my, to make the point, that's by choice. We don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, but that's my want. That's my want. And what I can do because it's so easy to, to do that and to do that on my iPad, my Mac or my iPhone. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm empowered to do that and actually empowered to be successful. So if you look at a business, we, we talk about location, we talk about um, all the other things, but reality is the tools I've been given enable me to, to be productive, to, to empower me to do my job better, to actually go out and, and, and deliver a better experience for our customers mm-hmm. and more importantly for, for our rest of our team internally. So organizations who, who, who enable a, a user-chooser uh, policy um, Apple is absolutely absolutely king on the road because of it's what they're used to. They actually they want they don't want that barrier between that's my work device, that's my yeah. personal device. They start to sort of mold into one. So just on that, so 
recently it's become a lot easier to enable that. So things like um, managed Apple IDs, um, this is not the sexiest topic to talk about, but it's from a, from a business perspective, it's so useful. You can now automatically create and manage Apple IDs using something like Microsoft Azure AD. So that's you can federate the, the identity management system that you already have in your business with um, Apple IDs. So you can use an Apple ID for all the stuff you would normally use an Apple ID for, but it's, it's controlled um, from a, a corporate piece of infrastructure. So the, the previous, um, it, not issue you had, but the thing you had to work around was you had to create Apple IDs individually for everybody, and that was a big pain. But now it's all automated and automatically updated and maintained, which means you can use things like um, signing with Apple, for example. So you know when you go to websites and you see all these, you know, signing with this system, signing with this system. You can now use that ecosystem and that um, continuity piece with your um, identity information as well. So you can sign into a website automatically using an Apple ID, using the various security features on these devices without really any fuss or worry. So it is having the personal experience, but with corporate governance and corporate control. So that, so that comes on to something which I think is kind of key and kind of important. You're going to say identity. I am going to say identity. Because we segued yeah. into yeah, identity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost go. like you thought you, were, you knew what you were doing. I don't. So <laughs> we, we talked about IDs and identity and that kind of thing. And, and, Really, this is something that's relatively new, I think. Um, uh, and that is, you have an identity. And uh, Jason and I were talking about this earlier and, and saying how we didn't know you had an identity until you really thought about it. So yeah. you'll have an identity against perhaps your email address. You'll have an identity against a, a particular brand of product that you've bought. And you'll have an Apple identity and you'll have other technology-based identities. And that identity still sits with you, but no, actually just sits with more than just you. There's a whole cloud of solutions and product and content that sits around waiting for you to call on it whenever you want to be. It might be, I want to watch that film. I want to wish, uh, listen to uh, Boomtown Rats. Don't know why that came into my head, by the <laughs> way. Why did you point to me when you said Boomtown Rats? <laughs> it's an open palm. Yeah. Open palm. It's not a yeah. finger to point. Both Are you a Boomtown Rats fan? No, I thought it was Do you like Monday? I mean, I don't particularly I hate, like Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday. Um, but anyway, my, my, the point I was it's badly Monday making in the outside world. Yeah. <laughs> it's just in the cornucopia of music that you could have selected. Yeah. You went for Boomtown yeah, Rats. I, I have no idea. I'm, I've I'm no idea. Really There's something about my about psyche. Let's yeah. delve into that. This another is yeah, another podcast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or a couch um, lesson somewhere. <laughs> so anyway, uh, identities. Yeah. This, so I, I, was, I can draw any of these things whenever I want to because my identity is a thing out there in the internet. Yeah. Um, and. Mm. It also can be revealed or I can ha get access using normal things like my face, as unpleasant as that could be for some oh, people. Almost like you've segued there again. <laughs> again, that, that you can use <laughs> my face as my identity to gain access to the things, be they features or content. Yeah, so like going back to the yeah. comparing now to, to the past, this is one of the things when, when you were saying, Jason, earlier about being wowed by you know this technology and you had your, your Sinclair and all that kind of stuff before. But if you'd have said to someone a few years ago, right, okay, so this is how my, my phone works now. I get my iPhone out of my pocket. I unlock it with my face. Like, with my face. That's like, it <laughs> yeah, feels like not, it needs to be like, like with my face. Like, that just wasn't a thing a yeah, few years it's cool. ago. It's really cool. And it, and it, and fine. But the only thing is, is I've kind of been waiting for all the added features to come. So the, you know, the ability for that uh, recognition on that pocket, you know, pocket device mm. to then enable me, now that the ecosystem knows I'm there and that it's me, Mm. to then buy stuff and do my shopping online and yeah. purchase things and book tickets and whatever uh, without the need <laughs> to either constantly put in passwords that I always forget yeah. or um, 
to constantly look at my device. Do you, mm. get, do you get what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you want it to be psychic? I want it to be... <laughs> no, I want it to be preemptive. So, okay, So enough. that I unlock... That I've unlocked my... I want it to be intelligent. I want yeah, it to okay. be like a butler. Yeah. Okay, in yeah. all truth, that's what I want Siri yeah, to, to be. To be what it was supposed to be. So it is... I don't know if any of you guys have used Siri shortcuts yet at all. You see no, what no. those are? These are amazing. So basically, with loads of different apps, you can now program Siri to do a specific task. So it's like an if this, then that kind of automation. Like, like for, for, can I, I'm not being glib, I'm being no, serious. For it, for so for example, my issue about nuclear fusion. Yeah. yeah. I needed to quickly learn the basics of nuclear fusion. Yeah. Could I say that as a Siri shortcut? So you can do that at the moment to ask it to get you content. Yeah. But more specifically, what I'm talking about is, and this happened in one of our management meetings the other day, it suggested the shortcut to me. I forgot that Siri shortcuts was a thing. I went, holy cow, this is amazing. So there's a particular application we use for business intelligence. And every time we sit in a management meeting, we need to load up a specific report within this specific application. And so I did that the other day, getting ready for the meeting, and it pops up saying, Siri shortcut suggestion. Would you like to program Siri to open this exact thing in this exact app when you say any phrase you want? So I go, yes. I type in the phrase I want to say, which is, you know, I'm not going to say it actually because that will trigger everything. Yeah. <laughs> hey thing, um, open uh, opportunities report. And it will just go into the app and open the relevant report. That's really interesting. So, so we are getting closer to that robot butler thing moment, that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but if yeah. you think about it right now, back to the kind of nuclear fusion idea, yeah. it, what I want, I don't want Wikipedia. I don't, I don't want that, <laughs> right? I, 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 I mean, I want, so I want Wikipedia, but I also want seven other vetted sources, some video, some text, mm. yeah, and a couple of diagrams. I want them organized in a relatively meaningful fashion and I want to be able to access them in exactly the way that you said so that when I'm on stage, mm -hmm. I could just say something and almost stealthily look and see these these key phrases like tokamak, which I'm still, yeah. I'm not 100% it's a thing. I think confident it, I'm saying it, but it might be Takamak or. But you get what I mean. Those are. The, but when you're, when, when you're yeah, lunch. No, uh, Siri. It's um, and so that when I look at my my surreptitiously slim tablet, yeah, I I am just looking at the audience, and they don't even know that I've got all the stuff that I need, so that yeah. I can just. So the it. interesting already, thing I've done the research. Yeah. I want access to it, and that would be. But uh, if you think about it, that doesn't that what I've just explained doesn't exist. So. It could do. Siri, open me a folder on uh, the, the last 10 things I, I viewed on yeah. nuclear fusion. So what you can start doing now, and this is a, a thing that I, when I'm talking to customers about um, things like AI, they, get, they tend to get machine learning and AI a bit confused, right? Machine learning is the thing that occurs to make AI happen, right? And you know this probably better than anybody. Um, and one of the things that makes the Apple ecosystem really good is that they have a thing called MLKit, which allows you access to the machine learning wizardry and algorithms and stuff that go on in the background. So as a developer, someone like you could have an idea exactly like that, um, could start developing an app, not have to learn all of the machine learning bits and build it from scratch, but leverage what's already present within the operating system and build your hooks into that. So you effectively like have the thing. That. It's like a home automation version yeah. of... of yeah. So if there's if, anyone if listening and can develop that, Jason will buy that for a lot of money. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> would definitely make my life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Actually, as you know, I don't know if you were segueing into that, but I'm building an AI at the moment. No, but go um, for it. Well, I, I talk about exponential growth all the time, and it occurred to me um, during my research that I, I don't know if it was, I can't even remember if it was a specific article or it was an idea that I had. I can't remember. But it it, it is clearly the case that what what was, you know, $50,000 um, 
five years ago or 250 grand 10 years ago is yeah. now probably two and a half thousand. Yeah. And sure enough, I did my research and with the right graphics card um, uh, and a coder that's f far better than I at, you know, Python or whatever it is that he's doing. I can't remember what he's using, but I'm, hmm. I mean, I could tell you who I'm using. It's cool. It's a charity. But anyway, I, I'm not here to, <laughs> to publicize. But um, yeah, I, I, I figured out I could make my own AI. And it's, yeah. it's, it's merely in That's the same way that nuts. I come into my Futurology events on a, on a one-wheel sort of hoverboard thingy. Yeah. I, I want to be able to talk about these important topics in a way that's galvanizing, interesting, and surprising, yeah. right? And so that's why I'm doing it. I'm, and I'm trying, we're, we're slowly beginning to focus on a use case that mm -hmm. people will have that unique, uh, eureka moment with mm -hmm. where I say, for example, with my 2,000 pound, uh, I mean, really, you know, I'm looking across at you. <laughs> it's a gaming rig because that's <clears throat> the same architecture. That's, the, the, that's the stealth It's the ray tracing yeah. and, the, <laughs> and, the, and the graphics processing yeah. grunt that is, is also being used in Bitcoin. Bitcoin mining, it's yeah. that that's being, that is <clears throat> AI. In fact, NVIDIA's Tesla card is one of those go-to kind of brands for for AI in an industrial context. Yeah. Well, the same is true of a lot of other graphics cards. But anyway, the point is we're going to try and see if it can teach itself to play a, an early retro video game. That's the wow. point. Okay. That yeah. would be really awesome. It, well, I'll bring it back to the, I'll bring yeah, it back please to, please please do. to the family. Well, I don't know, I've sort of went off tangent there, I feel. Where did we start? We started talking about machine learning. There we go. So we're talking about yes. um, MLKit. So the fact that MLK. what you're... So yeah, so it exists and I need to take use, I need yeah. to make use of that. So what you're talking about is, you know, not everyone has access to the tech and the people that you do, um, but there is a, to an extent that everybody can learn how to code for the Apple ecosystem. So their programming language Swift is really, really easily accessible. There are businesses that are sort of taking this on and starting to develop their own apps in-house that aren't mega global corporates. They're kind of you know, small companies with someone who has a talent that can go and learn this and can leverage all of these various different kits. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about AR, but there's a, you know, an AR kit that's present as well. So people developing their own apps can then develop augmented reality without having to learn all of augmented reality and how it interacts with the hardware. But just, just touching on that very briefly. <laughs> we could go on about this for hours now, can we? Well, I? no, but there is obviously doing a PhD in VR does, does, it does pique yeah, my I know, interest. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of made it a little bit But no, but so <laughs> Apple in particular, uh, I, I would say if anyone owns that space, it's Apple. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. the manufacturers with the, with the, the headgear mm. uh, from a competitor company. <laughs> mm. it's, it's Apple because... The easiest way to blow people's mind with an augmented reality experience is to pull out your iPhone or, or especially yeah. your iPad, yeah. Yeah. walk around a car or walk around a, a painting in, in, in a museum. Um, and the business applications for that are, are yeah. limitless. Well, we I mean, talked a little bit earlier about um, CAD and CAM, right? So if you're a business that uses um, you know, CAD modeling, you can throw that into an app on an iPad virtually place it in basically any environment and then look around it and see how it looks in the environment and extrude it, explode it, do all of the kind of stuff that you can do with AR, but on a device you already have. Yeah. yeah. Which is... That's it, it's, it's kind of democratised the whole technology, made it accessible to everybody. <laughs> that's a good phrase, isn't it? Democratised yeah, the whole technology. Wow. There you go. Um, but I think it is because it, nearly everybody has an iPhone and a lot of people have got iPads as well. Um, and the fact that you can have that and be in a showroom type of environment and say, wouldn't you like to see yourself in a whatever it is? Here you go. Let's do some video of you in that thing. Yeah. Or whether it's something that's, you know, technical um, or whether it's something that is remote that you are seeing. So my one of my favorite uses that I've seen of, of AR in AppleKit, and I'm sorry, Ryan, I know we said we'd split this out into a separate uh, separate thing, but let's go for it because it's interesting. 
is um, in the construction industry, for example. So you can take an iPad, you can have um, an app that will measure things like floor plans. Yeah. So you can walk around a building yeah. and put little flags where there are corners and just keep pointing the iPad around. When you get to the end, you hit a button and you've got not only floor plan. a floor, yeah. a 2D floor plan, yeah. you can have a 3D floor 3D plan as well. well. Yeah. And that saves so much time and it means anybody can do it if they can point a camera at a wall but, effectively. But I know we're talking about certain subjects, but you yeah, think yeah. about now... How many businesses can utilize this technology? That's just what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 You, you, it doesn't have to be construction. If you go back it? a yeah. couple of years, they talked about sort of the, the, the Apple management piece. Yeah. So we've come over that hurdle. So we're helping our, our friends in IT to be heroes again because they're not saying no to Apple. They're saying yes because it can be managed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can be integrated with the other applications that come from other manufacturers. But more importantly, is as I mentioned earlier, it's enable people just to be be come a little bit more inventive in the way they work and what they yeah. do and how they do it and, and make working fun yeah? yeah because it's a tougher world out there and it's not going to get easier yeah. um, as, as, as we go um, forward I, I think from our experience here and I only talk about that and our customers but the experience is the, ac- it's the acquisition of staff and that's great but more important the retention of staff yeah definitely keeping them doing what they're doing and wanting to do more uh, and, and enjoy their job but also given the technology to do that. And, and going back to some of those things, you talk about apps, and we could probably talk about apps for the next two, three hours. Yeah, easily. We've all experienced certain things and gone, wow, that is so cool, you know, and, and it makes makes my life easier. But actually, we, we are, we're embracing and empowering our staff to do things like that, mm. to make their working life easier because they can go to somewhere to acquire something, which a lot of the apps that we, we use here are, are, are very cheap, um, reasonably priced or, or free of charge. So actually, yeah. it's not a cost to the business, but it gets the gets that individual to do a lot, lot more with their with their working tools. Yeah, exactly. And just on the basis, I'm conscious of time. I know we could talk about this stuff for hours. One thing I wanted to touch on is, as a business, we've talked about all this amazing technology and all this stuff that you can enable your staff to have and do and you know be part of, etc. But the scary thing is kind of you know thinking with my IT manager or IT director head on is how do I control all of this? Because this is great, but I don't want a load of devices kind of running wild without me having any governance at all. We've got things like GDPR that we have to worry about now. Admittedly, before then, we had the Data Protection Act, but the GDPRs have more publicity. Um, so, Keith, I wanted to lean on you a little bit to talk mm-hmm. about management of these devices yeah. and the experience. So to set the scene before we go into you know, all of the detail behind it, um, admittedly, we have another podcast on this, but... If you are doing things in the right way and you've embraced the ecosystem and you've got all of the various different components you need, the experience of deploying these devices in a business goes like this. You get a box that comes from your retailer, your reseller. It gets shipped directly to the end user, can be at their house if you like. They take off the shrink wrap, they open the box, they turn the device on, they put in a couple of details like connect it to the internet, whether it's wireless or cabled. They put in the language so it knows what you know language to talk to them in and the device, whether it's iPad, iPhone, Mac, whatever it is, will go off, go and get a mobile device management profile before it's even loaded the operating system for the first time, know who it's owned by, know what needs to happen, start installing apps, start applying security settings, and start delivering all of that content to that person. So you don't have to take a box to IT, have a person with a drive doing stuff. Yeah. It just happens automatically. It's those, it's those floppy disks on the front of the magazine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's no need it's for the, the floppy disks anymore. It's that same leap. That, yeah. that, that the business has experienced. So it, it is a massive leap. You're absolutely right. And the experience that, that, that 
we deliver uh, in association with MDM Partners is literally unboxing it and saying, use the product. And that is a massive leap because yeah, we worked huge. for a company before, and I've worked for some other companies, we discussed that. Um, normally, you had to go away and spend some quality time with a guy in IT. and <laughs> yeah. uh, Who didn't want to spend that time Yeah, didn't want to spend <laughs> time with me at all whatsoever because I'd ask <laughs> questions like, oh, why have you done that like that? And they'd say, shut up and just do as you're told kind of thing. That, that's all gone now. Um, the the, the uh, beauty of uh, enrolling devices with Apple is that there is a mechanism behind it whereby all that can go, go on in the background. Even to the point in the old days, people still do it now, you would have a gold build of whatever your laptop is going to be. And someone would create that somewhere and spend a good few days creating that. And the idea was that you didn't deviate from that gold build because someone would have to spend another few days creating another gold. It, yeah. So, so the now problem that, was that you then put it onto different hardware yep. with its quirks and that, that, that gold would Absolutely. become tarnished. Absolutely. I like <laughs> oh. it. That was quality. That, that's definitely, uh, yeah. Yeah, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't You're it right. Wasn't, it, we've got to make that point because we need to remember what it was like. Well, yeah, that's it, the reality, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just that, that gold build didn't always transfer because someone ordered a slightly different vari variation or someone. Yeah, and it certainly wouldn't work with them bringing their own hardware into work. No, yes, into totally. the workplace. Or if they were human. You know, yeah, that's the problem. Or if they were human. with another office, which yeah. happens every few years with businesses. And, Absolutely. and it just it, it didn't work. That's the yeah. thing is it wasn't a solution. So, so the way that, that, that things work now is is that uh, rather than having a gold build, you've already got, in a sense, a gold build on this uh, laptop yeah, anyway. It comes with the operating system. comes with the OS, comes yeah. with a suite of elements or productivity tools in it. You only need what you need, and that is access to other stuff and that device to be accountable for what it's doing. And it can do that behind the scenes without someone from IT sitting down with you which I guess can be a good or a bad thing. But if but, you work in yeah. IT, it's all good with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it, it, yeah. it makes the, the, the kind of conversation I have with other IT professionals is, is rather than having to spend time doing this monotonous job again and again, you can do something like you really wanted to join be, IT be for. Be creative. Be creative. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Come up with new ideas and new things. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it? So, on that note, oh, here we, go. we are we are needing to wrap up now. Okay. I like the idea of the gold can become tarnished, by the way. I'm going to totally steal that and use that when I'm talking about I think about the better one I was thinking is uh, <laughs> um, we've taken the uh, business computer, your business computing solution from uh, gold standard to rose gold standard. Oh, oh there what? On that there note, we go. Days in Bradbury 2019. <laughs> it's already okay. registered under his name now. We Thank can't you. Use that yeah, great. Paying royalties for it to... So anyway, that is that for that episode. Thank you for listening. And if you're watching, thanks for watching. Um, if you'd like any more information about any of the topics we've covered today, either get in touch with your account manager or go to atama.tech, that's A-T-A-M-A dot T-E-C-H, and click the contact button in the top right-hand corner of the page. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank Cheers. you.